I want to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so that you can keep more of what you make. ClarkDeals.com is where we have all the bargains for you, and you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I work so hard to try to give good, solid advice and information each and every day. I spend about seven hours each day reading, and I do the best I can to give good guidance, but there are times that I'll mess up, and I hate that. I hate when I mess up, but I love it when you let me know that I've been wrong or incomplete or had a blind spot in what I've said because I need to learn. I need that feedback because let's face it, I'm not very entertaining. What I've got is information that if I present it right, gives you tools that you can have better control of your financial future. So I need feedback from you when I miss that mark. And so we have a place called Clark Stinks on Clark.com where you can give me the guidance you feel I need, or if you're angry at me, blow off that steam. Others get to read it there. They can comment on it. And then once a week, Krista, our producer, reads your Clark Stinks right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right. What you got? Well, I did a combo just to mix things up a little. And uh, not only am I uh, going to read some Clark Stinks from the message board on Clark.com, but I'm digging into our mailbag, too, for some fun ones that we got in through email. Okay. <clears throat> oh, clearing her throat. This is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, stop robocalls on Uma. Clark, time to update your Update your antiperspirant. I know you struggle with technology questions, but this one is an easy fix. I've been an UMA customer for several years, thanks to you. However, I hardly ever use my actual UMA number as I use Google Voice as my primary phone number I give to others and link it to my UMA number. A few weeks ago, I made the mistake of giving some information on the internet to a marketing firm, and then the robocalls started rolling in. I went into Google Voice and blocked the offending numbers, and my phone stopped ringing off the hook. This is the cheap man's way to avoid the UMA monthly fee for premium service. So maybe you need to upgrade from the dollar store antiperspirant when it comes to technology. Do not pick on dollar store antiperspirant. It works great. And by the way, they're almost always three ounces or less, so you can fly with them. Okay, so (laughs) that is a great suggestion. Uh, We hear from the techies all the time about how incredible Google Voice is and the capabilities in it, and it's free, and you can use it as basically your call attendant plus so many other features. And so I appreciate that suggestion for people who are getting a lot of spam calls on UMA or any other phone service. couple of um, <clears throat> Clark's things about this. Smelly new podcast song, Mr. Howard, 
We love the show. We listen to it every night as we go to sleep. But the new podcast song, song stinks. What gives? Please change it back. Sincerely, five sleepy Clark kids. P.S. Our dad keeps saying Clark Howard says to turn the lights off or Clark Howard says to shut the door. Please make him stop. And then intro, outro music. Clark, I loved the old jingle or whatever you would like to refer to it as. It was a staple of the show, and I just found it to be so catchy. I'm begging you and the team to change it back, but that's not my only complaint. I listen to your podcast every day, and you've helped me spend less, allowing me to put more toward my college tuition. Thanks, Clark. And then finally, I went back into the mailbag from just a month ago or so. I don't get to comment on the music? This is another one. Oh, okay. This is from the mailbag from before we changed the podcast music, which is all we changed. Uh, this is from Justin. He says, hi, huge fan here, but I have to get something off my chest. Clark, would you please consider changing your jingle? I've been listening to you for many years, along with the same fine young cannibals jingle. Respectfully, Clark, let the jingle go. I understand brand recognition and all, but come on to the, into the 21st century with the music. This is so wild. Thank you, Krista, because what we have been through trying to figure out the opening to the show, we have done... On the podcast, yeah. On the podcast. We've done the best we can, and I guess it wasn't good enough for some people, and then others are tired of She Drives Me Crazy. Isn't that what the Fine Young Cannibals thing is from? Now you've got that song in my head, though, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Remember? That's no. what you just said. Okay. I don't know anything about music. All right. I don't really even know who the fine young cannibals are or were. So what do we what what's the answer to that, Krista? Because we're outside of anything I know anything about. You can't make everyone happy, and it is a custom custom music some custom music that someone made for us, which is really cool. And we'll just see. Keep posting on Clark Stinks about it pro or con okay now tom says clark i am no math major but if the rating scale is one to five then three is the midpoint your answer of two and a half would be on a scale of zero to five leave the math to your staff that is so true (laughs) that is i can't believe i consider myself to be so good at math and i don't remember messing that up but yes i did but if it was about ratings on things, the reality is that most people give too high a ratings. And I was looking at hotels recently on TripAdvisor, and I noticed that anything that had three and a half circles, I was like, ooh, I can't stay there. That's going to be terrible. <laughs> that if it doesn't have four circles or more, it's true. It's not okay. Donald says, the new glasses from Zenny Optical just arrived and they are worthless. I am certain I sent them to the, the right numbers on the prescription. Why do you continue to recommend them? This comes under the category of Clark Stinks. I am really sorry. You know, Zenny, according to Consumer Reports, is one of the very best customer service operations involving eyeglasses, which they didn't used to be. And if the glasses aren't right, contact Zenny. And unless it's an error you made in entering your prescription, they'll make it right. And, you know, all the eyeglass places hate Zenny. So you can take them in and say, I'm just wondering if, if these Chinese people got my prescription wrong. And they'll say, yes, this is way off over here. And you'll have the documentation for Zenny that they sent the wrong things. You didn't like when I said the Chinese thing, because that's what people are always complaining about with Zenny. 
So that wasn't politically correct. Would you like me to say it a different way, Krista? That look you're giving me. I'm not even looking at you. Gail, yes, you are. Gail says, yes, you are. recently Clark had a segment on how to send money to others for free. He said you could spend, send money for via PayPal for free. That is true only if you link your PayPal account to your bank account, something that is not safe. To use your credit card to send $100, PayPal charges you just over $3. 3%, yeah. So when I talk about the money services like Square Cash and um, Venmo and PayPal Cash and Facebook has one now as well, with all of them, you link their payment platform to your checking account or savings account. Now, in order to deal with the risk, what you do is if you're worried about your account being breached and compromised, set up a separate bank account at your credit union or an online bank or whatever and use that for using any of the cash transfer services that you can use for free. Clark stinks. Really? The guy who tries to save a dollar on a razor and talks about it every week tells Austin to take his $5,000 in student loans out of deferment and start accumulating interest when he could save up money to pay off the loans or make payments directly on principal by keeping them in deferment. How many razors could he pay for with the interest he could have avoided? You're getting sloppy, Mr. Howard. Okay, that's the second person this Clark Stinks who's <laughs> called me Mr. Howard. That is so mean. So it depends on the loan whether you get an interest holiday. Most student loans, even though you have a deferment for making payments, you continue to accumulate interest. So in his case, it would be better to take the loans out of deferment and pay them under the income-based repayment system. Jody says, I was just listening to you on the radio, and I want you to know that just because a parent sends their child or children to a private school does not mean they have deep pockets. The parents that I know send their children to private school put education ahead of a fancy car, outrageous vacations, or a McMansion. Priorities, priorities, priorities. Appreciate that. And I think about one of the things I always do at a commencement speech when I speak at a high school or college commencement is I always have the students stand up, turn around the graduates, and applaud their family for the money they've spent to send them to school. And one of the things I say is, realize they could have bought a new car for every year that they sent you to school. There's a great sacrifice that families make to send kids to school. I'm shocked and angered by your report about Tennessee making college quote-unquote free for two-year community college. It's not free. It's taxpayer-funded. Nothing is free. Somebody must pay for it. Education is not a right. It's a privilege that will be abused and disrespected by freeloaders. This is what gives me and my fellow libertarians <laughs> a bad name. My goodness. Yes, it is free to the student. It is not free to the taxpayers of the state of Tennessee. But... Education is an investment in our nation's future. And if we do not properly invest in seeing that our young people are well-educated, the country falls behind and they fall behind. Education is the thing that can be the great equalizer, where if you only allow people to get advanced education, 
who come from wealthy families, you end up perpetuating that people born right, you know, born with the silver spoon, keep the silver spoon through their lives. And I think it's so important for us as a society to make sure that we have educational opportunity for people regardless of their background so that anyone with hard work and education has a chance to succeed career-wise and financially. So I may have strong libertarian instincts, but I got to tell you, I'm not with you at all on this thing about saying that what Tennessee has done having free college education for its state residents is a bad thing. I think it's outstanding. I'm an RN and work in urgent care. I was viewing your EpiPen recall video, and the presenter described how he would use the EpiPen, stab it right into their knee. This is completely false. The EpiPen goes into the outer thigh, and if he's thinking he needs to stab his son in the knee, he needs further education. So uh, I have a daughter who carries an EpiPen, and we're all trained to do it. And what the nurse has said is exactly how it's explained. So I don't know how the video is wrong. So I apologize for that, and we will fix that. And I appreciate all your posts here. You help me so much by giving me your perspective on where I've messed up, missed something, or whatever. Please go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know how I can serve you better. Letty's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Letty. Hi. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a question about whether you should refinance your home loan. Give me your background, if you could. We bought our home in 2012. This is in Florida. We had a 30-year mortgage at 3.25 inches. 3.25% fixed for 30 years? Yes. Do you know that's like the all-time screaming low deal for a 30-year mortgage? Yes, I was told that when I called a couple banks to get quotes on refinancing to a 15-year loan, they told me that the rate that I had right now was the lowest, and I probably wasn't going to get anything lower than that. Your rate is fantastic. So, so you're trying to find something even cheaper? No, not necessarily. We're just trying to bring down the loan length from 30 years to 15 years so we can pay it off faster. Huh. Okay, so a couple of things. One, I would say that it's a higher priority since you already have like the greatest mortgage rate ever, 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 that you take money that you would have paid extra towards the mortgage and at least fully fund Roth IRAs. Okay. Are you familiar with Roth IRAs? Yeah, we do have, uh, my husband and I each have an individual account. So if you're doing, are you doing a Roth to the max each of you can do, which is $5,500 a year? No, we really cannot afford that much, so we're doing the minimum we can. Okay, so I would say that in your circumstance, since your mortgage rate is so phenomenally great, and somewhere over the 30 years, just what you earn on a simple CD or savings account will end up being higher than what you're paying in mortgage interest, that I would leave your loan as it is and pay it out over the next 27 years 
at 3.25% because that is so incredible. And okay. whatever extra money you would have put towards the mortgage, put uh-huh. that into your Roth accounts. You don't think it would be a good idea for us to put extra money into the principal? Definitely not. Definitely not. Not when you're in that situation because the beauty of the Roth is that money you put in it grows tax-free and you spend it tax-free. And so it's one of the best things you can do financially is to put any extra money you have there rather than towards the mortgage. So I wouldn't fret at all with a mortgage rate of 3.25%, no rush, take your time, just pay it as agreed, and slap all that extra cash into the Roth down the road, you will be so happy you did it that way. And you can look at my, I've got a a simple investment guide that'll get you fired up to do the Roth at Clark.com. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. Clarkdeals.com is where you go for the bargains. A lot of people have led to the massive growth in Airbnb, finding it to be a bargain versus booking traditional hotels. I travel so much that over the course of a year, I use a variety of hotels and also Airbnb. But Airbnb is going through a change that I really appreciate, but a lot of people despise. Airbnb is, to some extent, being hijacked by professional rental agencies, where instead of when you look at a property, it being uh, Mary or Jim or whoever who owns that property and is renting it out uh, as a side business or renting out a room in their home. Because remember, Airbnb started out where people would come stay with you and live in part of your home. I have a relative who has a home in a resort area that she lives in the front and she rents out a little apartment in the back. And so that's really how Airbnb really got its legs was people like my relative doing it. But today there's a lot of one of the listings you look at that are professionally managed And the professional manager almost operates like a hotelier and may manage hundreds of units or more in an area you're going to on vacation. Now, the reason I see this as a a benefit if you rent from one of the professionals is it's going to be more standardized. A lot of people want the individuality of the traditional Airbnb thing. But the standardization helps in a number of ways. If you have a problem with the unit, there's usually someone available around the clock or very long hours. The professional management companies will usually have their own maintenance staff that they can dispatch instead of an individual who's trying to figure out what to do about the broken toilet. In addition, 
if a property has a real problem that makes it undesirable to stay in, if you have rented through one of the professional management companies, they can usually move you to another property. But what you do find a lot with the professional managers is you're going to see very standardized motel or hotel kind of furniture packages. You're not going to see and feel the uniqueness. You're not going to have a host who you're dealing with one-on-one and missing that kind of um, special non-corporate kind of experience. So it's your choice. I just want you to know that if you rent from Airbnb, you're going to find both methods. And I should say, by extension, this is also happening with VRBO and HomeAway, where there are properties being individually managed by the property owner and those that are part of these very large, corporate-style professional rental pools. And you'll be able to pick up on the difference pretty easily when you read the reviews. The reviews will make it clear by how people talk about their experience, whether they're dealing with an individual unit owner or they're dealing with just a management company. Matt's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Matt. Hi, Clark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Well, great to have you here, Matt. What's going on? Okay, Clark. So I I just wanted to call in and share um, my story with uh, all of your listeners. Uh, Basically, it's how I'm going to graduate college uh, for probably under $30,000 total. But let me explain my whole story to you so you get the entire picture. So I attended community college for two years, accumulated um, some credits there, went into a debt um, through direct student loans for about $20,000. Uh, then, actually, with my degree, I was able to get a, a job with a major university um, in a research department. But yeah, I, was, I was just so excited because they offer tuition remission, which is, which is excellent. However, I found out that they only wanted to take six credit hours for my previous college. And time is money, so I didn't, I didn't want to spend, I think I calculated approximately with all the limits they put on it, about eight years, just to earn an undergrad degree, which, which I didn't want to do. So I began seeking out other options, and it turns out there are some actually regionally accredited schools online that are very, very uh, adaptable as far as alternative ways to earn credits. The one I'm going through, I'm getting a degree in business administration. You're allowed to take uh, basically standardized tests that represent a course, and they will accept that for credit. And aside from one residence, one three-hour residency requirement, I'm going to be able to completely test out of my degree. And so you're going to end up capped at that twenty. You said thirty thousand, so twenty thousand already, and cost ten thousand more. You're done. Uh, approximately, and that's actually probably being a little more liberal because the standardized tests usually run about eighty dollars for the test and twenty for an administration fee. So then you'll have your bachelor's degree. What do you hope to do with that bachelor's degree? Is that then a bridge to you going to some form of graduate school, or is that? Absolutely, it is. Okay. Uh, so that, that gives me the opportunity to actually take advantage of the tuition remission uh, where I work at a graduate level. 
So instead of spending all this time, um, you know, going through and with their caps, I'm able to get my degree and hopefully have graduated um, graduate school with an MBA in the next three or four years. But, uh, what I was really trying to get out there, and I don't know what I'm allowed to say on air and not as far as names. Um, I was just told no company names, but there's there's some schools online and that like I said, are really accommodating as far as alternative credit methods. And, um, I mean, I've earned like 21 credits. When you break it down, um, I think I've paid around $34 a piece for each credit hour, which is outstanding. So what you're describing is, and this is why I was asking what you were going to do with the degree, because you're using the system of being able to test out and earn credits without going to class, and you're using that to then go to graduate school, that's fantastic. What I'm concerned about is somebody who would do that and what they would have would be the degree that they got a lot of the credits like you did, and that's the end of the road. Going to yeah. get the, the graduate degree at the traditional university makes everything you're talking about worthwhile. Yeah, yeah and the beauty of it is too is uh, the university I work for is actually um, eligible for the public service forgiveness all my loans too, which is amazing. And I found out about um, through listening through your show. So you are a very inventive sort. I mean, you will you will do great in life just because you are so creative. Now, I have one suggestion, Matt, though, for your MBA. Yes, sir. Do not go a management track MBA. Uh, no, I plan on going um, um, the specific school I'm looking at is that I work at offers a cybersecurity route, actually, with a uh, concentration in your MBA. That's great. That's great. Because what, what the world does not need is more management-oriented, degreed MBAs. What we need are people who are getting hard skills along with their MBAs, like you're talking about doing cybersecurity. What could be more perfect than what I just talked about with all the data breaches going on? So, again... You're showing your creativity and your wisdom, Matt, and you are speeding the clock and avoiding debt. Love it all the way around. Nancy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Nancy. Hi. How are you? Good. So, Nancy, when my wife and I got together, uh, she vacated every last piece of furniture and quote-unquote art that was in my house and everything that she got rid of may have totaled up in total <laughs> maybe a thousand dollars is what i paid for everything in total she was probably right getting rid of everything what are you the cheapest at um i don't know we stay out of debt and um i i we don't eat out much just because we like my own cooking better <laughs> So you have your your own style that allows you to be very careful with your money. Yes. And you, as a result of that, you're in a position to look at investing again. What are you thinking of doing now? Um, we were thinking of buying uh, another rental home. We own one. However, uh, my dilemma is, is the market is going up so fast here Um I just wondered if it was wise to buy an, another rental property uh, in this market that's going up so quickly. And, and that and is the, a dilemma 
I've been reading a lot about how people are dealing who are or people who've done well with rental properties, how they're dealing with the higher and higher prices. And it, it means passing on most potential deals that you got to be able to make the numbers work. If you if you take what the prices are for properties you're looking at as potential rental properties and what the effective carry would be per month, even if you would be in a position that you would be buying a property for cash, compute whether it has a return to it based on what it would be if you did have to take out a 30-year mortgage on it at today's rates. And with that, plus the taxes, likely taxes and the insurance costs, would you be able to be positive cash flow at this point, or would you be looking at something where there's not a true, real, effective return on investment? Uh, I think it would be an effective return on if, investment. We can pay cash. We can pay cash, and uh, I think we're looking at a, about a six and a half percent. If you can, if you can get that kind that. of return, and are you in for the long haul when you buy a property? Actually, we were thinking uh, of maybe five years or more uh, of being able to resell. Okay. So that's the part that gets difficult. Let's say values have gotten a little ahead of themselves in your area on these properties. You might find yourself five years out where there's been no meaningful appreciation because things overshoot every possible way. You know, they always do. On the downside, when they come back up, and there develops in real estate a certain momentum either direction. So I would say if you are feeling a little antsy about what's happened with values, that you should look at a little bit longer investment horizon than five years. Okay. If you can feel comfortable owning it seven years or longer, then the odds become more in your favor that you're not going to get hurt. The fact you're going as a cash buyer reduces a lot of the acquisition costs and makes it easier for it to be positive for you over the years. And if you can be uh, net cash flow positive and make a a decent return on investment right from the get-go, I would not be nervous about buying another property. Okay. So, you know, I love rental properties. I love that as part of what you do. I'm never happy when somebody does all of one thing and nothing of something else. But as a acquiring a second property, you already know how it works. You know how to screen tenants. You know what it's like dealing with problems with the property. I'd go for it, Nancy, if you've run those numbers. Matt's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hi, Clark. I'm very well. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. You have a question about possibly buying a home or not. Yes, I'm wondering whether it's better to buy a home with minimal down payment, the 5%, or to just bite the bullet and rent an apartment while trying to save a bigger down payment. I just don't know whether it's always a bad idea to rent an apartment or, yeah, that's why I look to you for some help with this one. Well, there's a sense of urgency now, buying versus renting, and that interest rates are so very favorable that... That is an abnormal thing that has been part of the manipulation of interest rates that the Federal Reserve has been doing. And so there's a benefit for you because today you can lock in 
a very low interest rate that would be with you for the next 30 years. But the question I ask is not along those lines. It's how long do you think you would want to stay in a home that you would buy today? I would likely stay in the first home about three years. Okay. If, th- if three years is your home ownership cycle, you're best off renting. Okay. Because it's the cycle of ownership that matters more than most any other factor. Because when you go to buy a home, Matt, you can figure in round numbers, 10% of the purchase price is going to end up being coughed out of your wallet with all the expenses involved in making the loan happen and the purchase happen. And when you sell, again, another 10%. So if you are, and again, I'm talking round, simple numbers. If you're thinking of only living in a home 36 months, you'd have to have that home go up using my very round general numbers, 20% over three years just for you to be even. Wow. And the odds of that happening are very low. If you said to me, okay. you wanted to stay in a home 7, 8, 10, 12 years, particularly with today's low interest rates, I'd say jump in with both feet, do only 5% down, buy that home. But because your ownership okay. desire is so short, you're a perfect candidate to rent, increase the amount of money you have for future down payment, and then you buy a home that you want to stay in a much longer time. That makes sense, yeah. Okay. I've never liked um, what I call the halfway house of home ownership, which is a lot of first-time home buyers go in to buy a home that they have no intention of staying in for years. They're thinking months, you know, in 36 months, 60 months, almost like how long people finance a car. That's too short a cycle to be buying a house. And one other thing I'll tell you, Matt, that people tend to do wrong a lot, in my opinion, when they're buying a first property, is they buy a condominium with the idea of being there a very short cycle. And that can be a true disaster because most condos, you're not allowed to rent. You're not allowed to rent them out when you no longer want to live there. And then you're forced to sell at a time that may be a horrific time to sell that condo. You own your own home in most cases. If it's not a good time to sell, you can turn it into a rental property. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day, If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice.